0: What's up Lions fans, and welcome to Blue Blood. This is your co-host Jonathan, and I'm here with
1: my other co-host Colton. Hey guys, my name's Colton, I'm from Utah, and my Twitter is at Lions Royalty. Alright, and I'm guessing
0: most of you know us from Twitter, so my at on Twitter is Lion4Life, number 4, life, D-E-T, and I'm actually from Colorado. And you're now noticing that we're both from out of state, and that's what I think sets us apart from other podcasts, is that we bring an outside perspective to Lions football. So, all right, to start off today, we're going to be breaking down Lions draft picks, starting off with Jeff Okuda. So, Colton, what are your
1: thoughts on him? Uh, So, Jeffrey Okuda was chosen third overall by the Lions. Uh, He's from Ohio State, obviously. And just to start off, I think he's the best cornerback in the class um in this draft class and it's not even close and some notes i have down on him are that he's a potential shutdown man-to-man corner and uh that and then that obviously fits the scheme uh what notes do you have on him jay
0: all right and like you were just saying with jeff okuda he is amazing in man coverage and he did struggle a little bit in zone nothing crazy by any meaning i'm not saying that he is bad in man coverage i or- Sorry, in zone coverage. It's just that he's elite in man and he's good in zone, but he can definitely play both which is fine because the Lions defense plays over three quarters in man coverage so there's nothing to worry about there. The only throws that he really allowed were short slants and inch, which is worth it because it's not a big play so I don't really care if my corner is going to allow a slant every now and then as long as the slant is tackled right away. You got any more notes on
1: him? Um, Yeah, the only other note I have is that uh, rookie corners kind of Seem to struggle their first year in the NFL. But as long as he improves throughout the season, that's all I'm looking for. And hopefully to start at that number one cornerback spot by week 17 or so.
0: Exactly. And yeah, with him, I'm seeing that he'll start at CB2, of course, just at the beginning. Because like you were saying, he is a rookie. But I have my prediction as to him being coming the CB1 by week 6, I want to say at the latest. Maybe that's a little premature, but I really think that is a generational talent. I know that's a word that's thrown around a lot, but I really think he's one of those people. Whether you think of that as Patrick Peterson or Stefan Gilmore or any corner, Darrell Rivas, I think he has the potential of being that good, and he's just going to get better and better and better. And I know we had previously talked about this. You were saying that as long as he has a season like Marshawn Lattimore, which... If he has a rookie season like Marshawn Lattimore, I'm going to be hella happy. I don't know about you, but if he has a season like that, that's good.
1: That's a success to me. So that's pretty much all I got on him. You got anything else to add? Um, no, That's I was actually just about to ask, what are your expectations? So, And, yeah, the, mine are the same as well. If he performs just like Marshawn Lattimore in 2017, I'll be thrilled. So that's all I got on him. Alrighty, let's go ahead and
0: move on to our second pick in the draft, running back DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. He's a small guy, 5'8", but he's got some weight on him, 215. What are your initial thoughts on him?
1: So I guess going back to the draft, my initial thoughts um, were that we were going to go defensive line, um, either at the edge or D-tackle spot, and so this pick came as a huge surprise to me. Um... But I love offense, and I think DeAndre Swift is one of the is the best running back in the class. Um, I have written down that he's a versatile, do-it-all kind of running back. Um, what were your thoughts on the pick?
0: Honestly, I was agreeing with you with the going defense defensive line, especially. I thought that we were going to take Ross Blacklock out of TCU, that defensive tackle that I think ended up going to the Vikings. But in general. I started to like the pick more and more as the day went on, as the days went on, and now I'm amazed and happy that he's on our team. I was a little confused as to why we were picking another running back, but I think it makes sense just with Carryon's injury history now and everything, and the way the NFL is going, it's a running back by committee. It's not the ground pound cowbell back, or bell cow back, excuse me, that everyone has, which is pretty much nobody other than... What, the Cowboys and the Panthers with McCaffrey and Zeke? I can't really name many others other than that. I'd say Saquon and the Giants. You got, like, it's just all committee now. Like, do you see it any other way?
1: Uh, no, I totally agree with you.
0: Yeah, and I just think that having both of those guys and how much they contrast each other with Swift and being so shifty and speedy and being an amazing receiver out of the backfield and carry on being able to be a little bit more of that power back. Yes, I think Bo is going to be taking those goal line carries, but being able to see the dynamic and the switch between the two backs and starting one one week and starting one
1: the other week is going to be amazing. So you
0: got anything else to add about him?
1: Uh, I was just going to ask you uh, if you had an NFL comparison for him.
0: Yeah, um, for me, I had – Number one easily would be Dalvin Cook. I was looking up, and he reminded me of a runner, and I could not figure out who it was coming out of college. And it ended up being Dalvin Cook. I really wanted him out of FSU a few years ago, and the Vikings ended up taking him. Which now looking back, look at how amazing he is already. And I know he's going to be coming up with the, that contract situation, so that would be interesting to monitor. But he's an amazing back. He's top five in my opinion right now, and. Us having a guy that's comparable to him and being able to use the skills, and if he gets to his level, that's hell of a worth of a pick in a second round. How about you?
1: Uh, Yeah, I had Delvin Cook as well as Alvin Kamara uh, to kind of compare it to uh, DeAndre Swift's ability in the past game. Um, I think that uh, DeAndre Swift and Kerryon Johnson will have a split similar, similar to what the Saints had in 2017 with with Ingram and uh, Kamara, with Swift kind of with, just with the uh, snap counts, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think that would work perfect, and that's a great comparison, honestly. If they can be like that, oh my gosh, I'd be so excited. And if they can stick like that with carry-on being healthy, I think it's going to be a good backfield. I think it really is, to be honest with you. And, yeah, the only negative thing I think I had on Swift was that he did fumble the ball three times last season. I was watching the film. It's just that he would actually incorrectly switch the ball in his hands while running. He'd actually switch it into the inside, like, um, towards the players instead of moving it to the outside towards the sideline. Causing the fumble a couple times, it's nothing huge. But um, I know that for you, you had him fairly high on your draft board. Where did you have Matt for the running backs, Wise?
1: I had him first
0: wow yeah no I had him I had him up there that's for sure I actually had him at number two behind Jonathan Taylor I remember I was talking a little bit about that earlier um I know you didn't like the fumble history of Jonathan Taylor I was just looking at straight up his athleticism and his build and I was willing to overlook that but either way lots of people had swift at number one so I am super excited and I think he is the type of back that we needed to have that change of pace that is a complete opposite of carry on but you have anything else to add about him before we go ahead and move on to the third guy?
1: Yeah, one last little thing. Well, not little thing, but one last thing um, that I have written down, I actually bolded it, is that he's a big play waiting to happen. Um, you know, as soon as he was drafted, videos of uh, touchdown runs and little screen passes going for like 40, 50 yards started popping up all over Lions Twitter. And so Hell I think we've, yeah. all, we've all kind of seen how explosive he is.
0: Exactly, and that's... Why people are so excited, I actually made a few polls on Twitter and I have been over the whole offseason and people are just through the roof excited for this kid. Like it's the big play, it's the exciting play. It's what the NFL is. It's flash and excitement and scoring over and over and over again. And I think he's gonna bring that to our offense. He's gonna bring views, he's gonna bring more popularity to the Lions because of him. Like in almost not solely him, because we have other playmakers, but him coming in and being a rookie. He's already has, I want to say, top five odds for Rookie of the Year. I can't quite remember, but they're up there. And Okuda, of course, course, is as well. But it's just amazing to be a second-round pick and have those good of odds. So, yeah, do you have anything else to add before we go ahead and hop on to that third guy?
1: Uh, No, that's all I got on DeAndre Swift.
0: All righty. Third guy, round three, pick 67. Um, I labeled him as an edge position, to be quite honest with you. Uh, Julian Aquar out of Notre Dame, six four, two fifty five. I think he could add some more muscle. But what are your odds? Or Sorry about that. Thoughts on him?
1: Uh, my thoughts on him, um, the first note I have is I think it's a great value pick. In fact, I think it might be the best value pick that the Lions had in the whole draft. Um, and then going off of that, I think he would have been a first-rounder. Uh, if it wasn't for the injury he sustained in college. Wow, yeah. No, there were definitely people projecting him in the
0: first round if it wasn't for that injury. I want to say it was his fibula or something like that, but he broke it, like completely broke it, and that just completely screwed up his um, season and his career at Notre Dame at the end, finishing up trying to get into the draft and get that high draft position. But he he did not end up falling too far into the third round. And I was happy that we picked him because I agree with you. I think he's going to be a good pick. I don't see him as our best value pick. That's actually going to be someone we talk about a little bit later, but I do see him as a guy that's super raw, but he has good bend. Um, He has a great swim move, actually, and the balance that he has is amazing. He's very disciplined. He stays in his gaps. He works upfield. He's good at getting around guys. The only negative that I really had on him is he did get pushed back and stuck on a blocker every once in a while, so it was kind of hard for him to shut off. He didn't do it 100% of the time or as much as you'd like to see a pass rusher doing it. And there's just so many tools that I know we can work with him, but he's still a super raw in my opinion. But you got anything else to add on him?
1: Um, No, I mean, obviously his brother, Romeo, is on the team and has been since 2018 uh, since the Lions swapped. I think they dropped Zettel at and then picked up Romeo, if I remember right. Yes,
0: sir, exactly. And that's honestly cool. As crazy as it sounds, I don't know if it's crazy, but I'm hoping he can maybe help even Romeo a little bit, not in the sense of him teaching him anything, of course, because Romeo's the older brother, but having that chemistry in the locker room and be able to work with each other and maybe add on more work, have Romeo get a couple extra sacks during the season, that'd be kind of great to see how that goes.
1: Yeah, what are your... What are your expectations for him this season?
0: Um I'm gonna say sack wise, I give Aquara like if he gets six sacks, like that's a successful season for me being a third round pick. Six is a good number. How about you?
1: Yeah, I was gonna go somewhere from the five to maybe seven. Somewhere yeah. in that range.
0: Exactly, yeah, right there. I think that if he gets somewhere around there, that's a good season for him. It's not gonna be anything crazy and we got to make sure that he knows the playbook, he knows what he's doing. I see him as that jack roll linebacker. I'm hoping he can fly around. If he's able to cover, which I did see on film. It wasn't a ton on film, but it was a little bit. If he's able to drop back into coverage and cover those flats and play man-to-man a little bit, nothing crazy by any means, of course. But being able to cover along with getting after the quarterback, making those tackles down um, in the dirt, it's going to be great to see how he does. And pretty much being, yeah, a literal jack of all trades at that position. So it'll be great to see how he does this season, and I'm excited to see how everything goes. But alrighty, let's go ahead and move on to our next third-round pick. We got round three, pick 75, Jonah Jackson. Uh, you can go ahead and let the people know what school he came out of, and he's sitting at 6'3", 305.
1: Uh, so, yeah, uh, Jonah Jackson, pick 75 overall, also came out of Ohio State. Um, he was the Lions second third round pick um, and obviously the need was there with Glasgow leaving in free agency and the Lions not wanting to pay him um, and then yeah obviously offensive line was a need and they'll slide right into that guard spot uh, my question for you is do you think he'll go into a guard rotation with Joe Dahl
0: I am hoping not, because I didn't like the guard rotation when we had it last season. The only reason you have a guard rotation is if you're expecting someone to get hurt, they're already hurt, or you got young guys, which I think Joe Dahl is as much as a veteran as anybody at this point. I'm not saying he's seasoned by any means, but I don't personally know why he would need to be rotating, but that's what he's got to do and that's what they want him to do it's whatever as long as it doesn't mess up everything i believe in lineman chemistry and that's not going to help that much but joe Dahl is a hell of a player so it'll be interesting to see that and just some little stats on jonah jackson he did play at ruggers he was a grad transfer to osu but with that he had 17 pressures total allowed over those two seasons in college those last two years which is amazing uh he had great balance and he had good drive He didn't have the quickest first step, which to me is not that big of a deal. He's an interior offensive lineman. I don't need him to be extremely fast. I need him to be good with his hands, but he's a big guy sitting at over 300 pounds. I'm not expecting flashy speed or anything like that from a guy like that. So you got anything else to add on him before we go ahead and move on to Mr. Nasty?
1: I think we're good to move on.
0: (laughs) All right, sounds good. Um, So round four now, pick 121. Like I said earlier, his nickname's actually Mr. Nasty, and um, Colton's definitely got an opinion on that. Uh, Logan Stenberg out of Kentucky. He's standing tall at 6'6", 315. What are your thoughts on him?
1: Um, so obviously the Lions drafted him for the same reason they drafted Jonah Jackson um, to help, that, help out that offensive line. Um, had some veterans leave. And I have written down here, just like you said, uh, he's a little bit more nasty. And which leads to penalties. But I think it's nasty and not like he's a dirty player or anything, but just he loves blocking, and he's going to be aggressive and keep blocking even after the play's over.
0: Yeah, and, like, I see it as you were just saying, he is going to be getting those penalties, hopefully not a lot, hopefully only one a season. I'm okay with one a season, even two, to be completely honest with you, if he doesn't get any other, like, holdings or false starts or anything like that. I'm A-OK with that as long as it doesn't mess up a huge play or anything like that. Because, yeah, he's aggressive. His nickname's literally Mr. Nasty. Like, what? And it's just, I don't know. I haven't been, offensive linemen isn't really that flashy of a position or that's talked about a lot. Everyone's not like, oh, my gosh, look at that offensive lineman we drafted. No, it's, oh, look at that running back. Oh, look at that receiver making those great catches. Oh, look at the quarterback chucking the ball 70 yards. But offensive linemen are what make or break an offense, and, Seeing him and watching his highlights, seeing how he constantly works, how amazing of a run blocker he is, and like we were saying, how aggressive he is. And just watching how many pancake blocks he made just last season. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for this kid. But yeah, you got anything else to add on him?
1: No, that's about it.
0: Alrighty, um, let's go ahead and move on then. Let's go to round five now. Quintez Cephas, the wide receiver that we actually took out of Wisconsin. He's 6'1", 210. Um, what are your initial thoughts on him now?
1: Um, so my initial thought was kind of who the who the hell is this guy? Um, I hadn't really heard of him, done any research on him or anything like that. Um, I think in the fifth round, you're kind of just looking for those role player type type guys. I mean, if you can get a starter, that's fantastic. But you're just looking for guys that'll get some snaps and help you win a couple games. And I think Cephas fulfills uh, that role perfectly. Um, I think the Lions chose him because of the upcoming wide receiver contract situation um, with Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola's contract all expiring here pretty quick. And then, let's see, the only other note I got on him is that he is that, oh, Jeffrey Okuda said that he was the best wide receiver he faced in his college career, which I think is insane.
0: That, Yeah, I don't know about that one. I mean, Okuda faced some amazing receivers. He was in the college football playoff, for crying out loud. But, hey, that's props to Cephas, I guess. he, And I know we were talking about earlier, he really did tear up the OSU defense, to be quite honest with you. He, he was doing some work on Damon Arnett, the other first-round pick from now on the Raiders. But it's just crazy with him. Uh, he... His positive traits that I saw, he fights with DB's wells. He uses hands wells. What I mean by fighting is getting off the line within those first five yards. He's very smart with what he does on his routes. He's a great route runner. I wouldn't say great. He's a good route runner. He's the fifth-round pick. He's going to be a project. Um, He was productive. It wasn't 1,000-yard seasons, but, oh, my gosh, I think anybody would have been a better quarterback than whoever the hell he had these last few seasons. And I know it was switching out a couple times. I'm pretty sure about that. And he still was productive. He caught the ball when it was thrown his way, and it was good to see. He had decent hands. And yeah, I only really have one negative trade on him, and I think you're going to know what that is on your next thoughts on him. So go ahead and let the people know about one of his times.
1: Yeah, so a uh, big thing that kind of surfaced was his 40 time at the combine uh, 4.73, just a little bit slower, but I, I mean. No. You can work with it, you'll see what I mean. Um, and then but he did run a four point five six at his pro day. And then Jarvis Landry actually ran ran a four point seven seven forty time at his combine and a four point five one at his pro day, so those are very similar times. I'm not saying I mean if Cephas is Jarvis Landry then that's a hell of a pick, but <laughs> I mean I'm saying there we, we can work with it, that speed isn't a kill a thing that will that will kick him out of the league yeah and
0: exactly it's different having him run a slow 40 time and be a wide receiver and being able to be a technician and have those clean routes and work on his uh first few steps off the line of scrimmage and that breakaway due to his hand movement and fighting and stuff like that compared to another slow guy that we had a 40 time that scared us named t's tabor where he ain't even in the league right now i'm pretty positive on that um that's going to be a lot different um being slower there like you were just saying with Jarvis Landry he ran a slow time I know Keenan Allen even ran a slow time which Keenan Allen to me is one of the best wide receivers in the league and is super underrated so yeah if we get um, Quintez Cephas anywhere near the stats that Landry has this is a hell of a pick but like you were saying with the contract situation I think he fits into a slot wide receiver position what are you kind of seeing him as um, down the line if he's able to get those snaps in due to his productivity
1: um, I think, I don't know, I'm not going to say he's like Danny Amendola 2.0 or a replacement at this point, since we obviously haven't seen him on the field, um, but I think, especially if he, like you were saying, if he comes even close to Jarvis Landry, then I'm not complaining, and I'd be more than happy to see him in that slot spot.
0: Hell yeah, and I can't quite remember if I was talking to you or if it was somebody else. Um, almost, he's kind of has a body type, not completely by any means, but... The way he moves stuff like that um in a sort of anquan bolden type role if he can be play a little bit in slot like that and be a security blanket to stafford i think that'd be amazing that's huge for us and i remember when we had bolden for i want to say in the 16th season i don't know if that's right with all those comeback wins um that's a great way for him to contribute if he's able to fill into that role it'd be a different type of role of course than how danny amadola is which is more of the golden tate type but It'd be interesting to see how he does, and yeah, like you were saying, he's a little slow. I think he's slow off the line, but the way he uses his hands and quick twitch twitch makes up for it. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you got any more uh, things to add on Quintus Sivas before we go ahead and move on to the next guy?
1: No. uh, Actually, one more thing is that this is the pick that I think could either like, it really doesn't matter. It's a fifth-round pick. If he busts, like, who cares? But if If there's any sort of value in there, then that's a fantastic pick.
0: Exactly. Alrighty, let's go ahead and move on to our next guy.
1: Alright, so in the fifth round, 172nd overall, the Lions chose Jason Huntley, running back out of New Mexico State. Uh, What are your thoughts on him? Uh,
0: My thoughts on him, he's a small guy, 5'9", 195. Um... Granted, that's not super small compared to guys like Tyree Kill and DJ Chark, who... Oh, and also... Oh, goodness gracious, I just forgot his name. Brown. There we go. Marquise Brown from the Ravens. Uh, Those guys are all 170, 180, and even Deshaun Jackson. But uh, he's still a small guy. I think he could gain some more weight and add some muscle onto him. But my initial thoughts on him were why... (laughs) Uh, We later figured out that he is very good at returning. So that's something to look for special teams-wise. Like you said, he is a fifth-round pick, so I'm not looking much from him as to an offensive standpoint, but more of a special teamer guy. What are your other thoughts on him?
1: Um, Yeah, I I have similar thoughts to what you have. Um, Just a special teams return guy might challenge Jamal Agnew. I'm not sure if that's enough to get him on the roster, to be honest. Um, but I do have written here, maybe if, I, I highly doubt it, but if he's used on offense, maybe a theoretic-type shiftiness, um, like like you were talking yeah. about, that you see in returns. And then the other only other note I have on him is that um, this was my, like, most questionable pick for the draft, um, simply due to the fact that uh, Jason Huntley was drafted at 172, And Bradley and Nye was still available available and who ended up going to the Cowboys at one seventy nine.
0: And yeah, that's where I'm at too with him. It's just a victim of the way the board fell. Not a victim, but just kind of I agreed with you. I thought Bradley and I should have gone away earlier. I don't know if it was some legal issues or there was an injury that the NFL teams just didn't say anything about, but I believe Bradley and I was a pick that we could have gone with in the third round and the fourth round. And we didn't even take him in the fifth round. But it is what it is. Um, I'm excited to watch him on the Cowboys. I'm never going to say anything about a Cowboys player ever again in a positive way. But uh, it'll be exciting to watch him. And yeah, with Huntley, I felt that he will be a good special teams guy if he's able to make the roster off of that. I think the only way that would be possible is if he dethrones Agnew, and that's only going to happen if he absolutely balls out in camp because it's not like we're going to have any preseason games this year. So that'll be very tricky to figure out for the Lions. And at the same time, I think the reason why they did draft a guy like him is because Agnew's contract situation um, is going to be getting a little tricky because it's going to be ending soon, his contract that he's on currently. And with how good of a returner he is, he's going to be asking for some decent coin, and the Lions are not going to be paying for a guy that doesn't bring any sort of added value on the defense, which, yes, he's now on offense. I don't see him doing a ton, in my opinion. I don't know about you, but that's my thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Uh, One last question for you on Huntley. Um, So let's pretend Huntley's faster than Ty Johnson, and he's a little bit more shifty than Ty Johnson. Who do you keep?
0: Oh, geez. Um
1: Actually, here, here. Keep three out of, or keep two out of Huntley, Agnew, and Ty Johnson.
0: Huntley, Agnew, and Ty Johnson? That's easily Ty Johnson and um, Huntley. I ain't keeping Agnew if I have to pick out of those three. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I'd probably say that to be honest with you because Agnew's not going to do anything in return. And in regards to offense or defense and actually playing on the field other than special teams. So I guess I'd keep those two. I I like Agnew because I know what I'm getting with him. But if Huntley actually shows something in camp and in practice, then I think it's a no-brainer for them to keep him. But, yeah, I, I'm not going to be able to say that I'd want Huntley over Ty Johnson. I've seen Ty Johnson play. I think he should have had more carries last season. I think he was productive when he had the shot. I think he can do multiple things. I think he's faster than people understand. He's got some burst. He's got some power to him. And he deserves to get the ball more, in my opinion. I don't know why people are sleeping on him so much. But we're going to go ahead and hopefully see more carries from him this season. And, yeah, to your point with that, how many running backs do you think they're going to be keeping this year?
1: Um, Are we including fullbacks? I mean, yeah. Uh, f- if we're including fullbacks, Okay, I don't think Nick Bodden makes the roster personally. I think Nada sees that uh, spot at fullback and plays a little yep. bit of fullback and tight end. And uh, then, so I think they keep four running backs being carry-on, Swift, uh, Ty Johnson, and Bo. That's
0: exactly what I got, too. I think uh, Nick Bodden's going to be off the roster because um, Nada and even if he's not a great fullback, as long as he's a decent one while being able to play tight end. That's the versatility that Matt Patricia and the coaching staff preach, so they're going to keep a guy like that and add an extra roster spot where they're going to be able to keep Huntley, use him as a returner, and essentially just be playing around with the roster to have the guys they want and being able to fill in at multiple positions. It's going to make them be able to keep more guys and have a better roster in turn. So, yeah, I agree with you with that. So let's go ahead and move on to our sixth-round pick, second-to-last one. We got defensive tackle, oh, my gosh, I'm probably going to mess up this kid's name, (laughs) John Penasini out of uh, Utah. Pretty sure you're a little familiar with this guy. He's 6'2", 320. What are your initial reactions and thoughts
1: on him? Well, first off, he has a fantastic name. Just putting that out there. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so I go to the University of Utah where Penasini's from. And he kind of played that D, that uh, second D tackle spot. Um, didn't really start until 2018 and 2019. Um, and then when he did start, he ended up playing. He ended up playing really well and took uh, the All Pac-12 second team in both of those years. Wow. So. Yeah. And Jeez. Yeah, he's a local guy. Grew up around Utah and. I actually have him making the roster um, at our uh, Nose Tackle 2 behind uh, John Atkins, or behind, ooh, whoa, behind Danny Shelton since uh, John Atkins opted out, opted out due to the coronavirus.
0: Yeah. And Nose Tackle 2 or Nose Tackle 3 by Nick Williams?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I got you. Yeah, no, I agree with you there, and yeah. John Atkins um, opting out there, one of three Lions players to opt out uh, with the deadline now officially passed, so we did only have three Lions opt out. That was wide receiver Geronimo Allison, defensive tackle John Atkins, and oh my gosh. Center Russell
1: Bodine. Bodine. There we
0: go. Bodine? Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was Bodine, yeah, from the Jets. That was the third one, so we only had three players opt out, and they were all lower-end guys, so... Mineral blow to the roster, in my opinion. So the initial thoughts and reactions with him is, hey, we needed a backup defensive tackle, so why not get one? I had some notes on him, which were he takes up space, like I said, he's a big boy, 320 pounds, only at 6'2". He's strong, powerful, he sheds blockers well, he's a good tackler. He doesn't bring much in the passing game, but he's a traditional nose tackle, so I do not need him to bring much in the passing game at all. I just need him to stuff the run, and hold that A-gap, and we're fine. We're good to go. But you got anything on him before I go ahead and move on to our last pick of the draft?
1: Uh, nope, I think we're good.
0: Alrighty. I will go ahead and let you introduce our last and final pick of the draft.
1: Awesome. So with the Lions' final pick, uh, seventh round, 235th overall, they chose Jashon Cornell. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, yep. Defensive tackle from Ohio State. Um, third Buckeye. He was the third Buckeye chosen in this draft by the Lions. Um, doing research on him, I couldn't find much to be honest. Um, but one interesting I did find is that coming out of high school, he was the number one prospect in Minnesota. Um, wow. And then he didn't start on Ohio State until 2018.
0: Yeah, and that just goes to shows that it doesn't matter where you started. <laughs> This is cliche as hell, but it doesn't matter where you start, it's where you finish. But, uh, yeah, looking at him, honestly, I agree with you. Like, I could not find that much film on him. Um, I watched him in the games that were available, and I did find that he gets uh, good push during the pass rush, and he has decent hand movement. He is versatile just because he's sitting at 6'3", 285, He's very much a poor man's and if he gets to anywhere near hands level I'd be excited. But a poor man, Deshaun Hand, sitting at 6'3, 285. So he's a tweener, being able to play defensive tackle in that three-tech, and being able to play defensive end. So that's a good thing in the fact that he's able to play both, but it's a bad thing in the fact that he doesn't really have a labeled position. So it'll be interesting to see if they decide to shrink him down a little bit and add some muscle on him, knock him to defensive end, or uh Add a little bit of fat, add a little bit more muscle, and knock him down into that three-tick. So I'll be interested to see what they do there. And, yeah, a negative trade on him. He doesn't get utilized in the run game a ton, which makes sense with him being that tweener. You're not going to really want him on the field during those times. But you got anything else to add on him before we go ahead and talk about the UDFAs, undrafted free agents?
1: Uh, Nope, I'm good to move on.
0: Alrighty, and those are our first, well, those are our nine draft picks for the Lions in the 2020 NFL Draft. Okay, and now it is time to look at the UDFAs, or the undrafted free agents that the Lions signed, which there are nine of them. So, we have tight end Hunter Bryant out of Washington, DB Jeremiah Denson out of Auburn, safety Bobby Price out of Norfolk State, safety Jalen Elliott out of Notre Dame, Fullback Luke Sellers out of South Dakota State. Punter Aaron Sippos, don't think I said that right, out of Auburn. And long snapper Stephen Wortel probably messed that up too, out of Iowa State. And out of all those, if any, which UDFA do you think is
1: going to make the roster this year, Colton? Um, so right here I have one, maybe two, maybe three. I'm going to let you talk about one of them. though. What about his Hunter Bryant out of Washington, uh, tight end. Um... Let's see. The only reason I think, yeah, uh, the only thing reason I think he's gonna make it uh, is if, like we were talking about earlier, is if Nick Bodden uh, gets cut and Isaac Nata kind of does that fullback tight end, and then the Lions keep him as their fourth tight end behind Hawkinson, Jesse James, Nata, and then Hunter Bryant.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that Hunter Bryant is. Hopefully gonna make the roster, I think he will, and he's going to be an Evan Ingram type, not as like of course that good by any means. He did go undrafted for a reason, but I thought he was gonna go higher. I had him fourth on my board for tight end, so I thought he was gonna go middle of the rounds, but um anyways, I thought that he's gonna be good receiving tight end, he's not gonna be the best catching tight end or sorry, um blocking tight end, but I hope that we're gonna be able to see him out on that field. Probably not a ton during the regular season, but he'll be able to get in work, and we're going to see what he can do. Do you have anything else
1: to add with Hunter Bryant before we go ahead and move on? I think it would have really benefited and would have been fun to watch during the preseason Yeah,
0: I completely agree with you. I think he'd be amazing to watch in the preseason making those big catches and those big plays, and everyone would be all surprised, which I wouldn't be very surprised because I think he would have been drafted, and I know that you agree with me. So, yeah,
1: um, do you have any other free agents that you think uh, UDFAs would make the roster? Drafted free agent I have maybe making it is Aaron Sipos out of Auburn, punter, um, and that'll just come down to a punning battle in camp um, with Jack Fox. So... Either he'll be our starting punter or he'll be cut. Really no in-between there. Yeah, and that's
0: where I think that Jack Fox is probably going to have more of an advantage because they have seen him before. They kept him around on the practice squad. He was a guy that's already familiar with the Lions organization, so I think they're going to keep Jack Fox over Sipos. But I've heard good things about Sipos from Auburn, so I'm hoping... To see some kicks from him, I know that's not the most exciting position, be like, oh my gosh, the punter battle, but that would have been something that preseason definitely would have helped out with, but I guess um, we're not going to be able to see that, so it is what it is, and that's why I think that Fox is probably going to be the one to make it there. Alrighty, and then do you got anything else to add about Sipos before I go ahead and move on to the one UDFA that I think is going to make the roster along with Hunter Bryant? Fort, dude. Okay, so the one UDFA that I think is going to make the roster along with Hunter Bryant is safety Jalen Elliott out of Notre Dame. He has good size, he's physical, he has okay speed, and I think he's the type that Matt Patricia likes on his defense. Uh... He, I was hearing that he actually was looking at both safeties from Notre Dame and about drafting them, and he ended up getting Jelly and Elliott in free agency for the undrafted guys, so that's great. And I think he has a shot to making the roster if he's able to carve out a special teams role, which I know the safeties is going to be a hard group to break into with how good our safety room is, having Will Harris, who I think needs to improve more, and then having Deron Harmon, who I'm through the roof excited for. And of course, we all know how great Tracy Walker is, and how great he's going to be. And then having Miles Killibrew with that uh, safety linebacker hybrid right there, so it'll be fun to see if Jalen Elliott can make it. And I'm hoping he's able to carve out a role, so he's able to be on the roster come season. And already, uh, time to move on to our last question: What is your favorite pick from the draft, and your least favorite pick, and what is your favorite pick from the UDFA's and least favorite pick, so essentially the one that you don't think is going to make the roster.
1: I'll start with my favorite pick of the whole draft. Um, That's got to go to DeAndre Swift for me. Um, Obviously, at the time, it wasn't the case due to to our needs. Um, But then as the draft went on, I started liking the pick more and more, and I'm really excited to see what Swift can bring to the offense and Really see that big play waiting to happen. Yeah, exactly. I think he really is a
0: big play waiting to happen. He's going to be flashy. He's going to be able to catch the ball of the backfield. He's going to be able to catch those screens. He's going to be able to run up the middle. He's a jack of all trades. It'll be exciting to watch him this season. Oh, Yeah. So, if you follow me on Twitter at all, you know that my account is pretty much a fan page of Jeff Okuda now. So, yeah, Jeff Okuda is definitely my favorite pick. He's just long. He's rangy. He's going to be an all-pro. He's going to be a pro Bowl corner. He's going to be an amazing corner. And I think it's going to start right away. He's going to start getting better and better and better. But it's going to be amazing to watch him uh, against those great wide receivers this year. So, I'm really excited to see how he does. And he's by far my favorite pick, even though DeAndre Swift is my second Okuda is definitely my favorite
1: for you based on what you just said on Okuda Okay, so let's let's go with what you were saying earlier where Okuda uh, is Corner number one by week six Okay, ja- at Jaguars game corner number one Week number three we play at Arizona Who do you who do you put on Hopkins Trufon or, or uh, Okuda? Oof, okay, um, honestly I think it's going
0: to go more like, um, hmm, it's going to go more like Trufant's going to be on Hop in the first half, and then Nukes going to start burning him, so then Okuda is going to be on him in the second half, and he's going to lock Hopkins down, and he's going to score a touchdown, he'll have a couple catches, like two or three, but they're not going to be long, they're going to be short, ends and a slant, maybe, and a comeback, but Okuda's going to lock him up, and after that, he's going to be the clear-cut cornerback one. That's what I got.
1: Bold. Do you ask me my favorite undrafted free agent? Uh, least favorite um draft pick. Le- yeah, least favorite draft pick. Oh, least favorite. Um... It's gotta go. It's gotta be Jason Huntley. Uh, Nothing against the guy. I'm actually excited to see what he does on the field. Um, But just because I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a GM, but I would have picked Bradley and I in that in that situation.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you in the fact that I think my least favorite draft pick is Huntley. Also, and yeah, it's just process of I would have wanted Bradley and I as well with that point on the board but it is what it is and let's go ahead and see what Huntley can do for us so who do you think is your favorite UDFA out of all of them the one that has the best shot of making the roster
1: gotta be Hunter Bryant um I just really wanted to watch him in preseason got super hump or super pumped for it and then obviously preseason was canceled and then, who's not going to make it? Uh, that long snapper. Is it Steven Wartell? What What else do you need?
0: Yeah, you're talking about death, taxes, and Mule? Yeah, no. Steven Wartell ain't making the roster. They brought in, I remember they drafted, what was it Jimmy Landis out of Baylor a couple of years ago? I was like, well, that's a waste of a draft pick. I'm like, you kidding me? He's not going to make the roster. Mule is not going to stop playing, will not stop being our long snapper until he decides to retire. So. Yeah, that, I agree with you that Wartel guy has the lowest shot of making the roster, in my opinion. So, uh, you got any other questions for me before we go ahead and wrap this up?
1: Overall grade.
0: Oof, I guess, um... B? Yeah, probably solid B, in my opinion. I think Huntley getting drafted that high and just... With an I being an I being on the board, I would have gone with an I, but getting guys like Okuda and Swift, like that's amazing. That's amazing. Those are game changers. So, yeah, I'd give it a solid B, probably in my opinion.
1: How about you? So when you were talking, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking B to A minus, but I'm gonna go with A minus. Um, Because the first one, two, three, four picks are five picks have potential to start and make an impact, like pretty quick. Um, So, and I think if you get five start, five key parts of your team in your first five picks in the draft, I think you are doing a hell of a job drafting. Um, I think this is Bob Quinn's best best draft since he's been the Lions GM and yeah the a-minus uh just due to the fact that of Huntley so
0: yeah I agree I do see it as Bob Quinn's best draft in my opinion also and like yeah you like you were saying I think Okuda and I think Swift are going to be starting or at least playing a whole bunch right away I think Aquara still dealing with the injury is going to take a little bit longer and then let's say John Jackson starts the season. If we have four major contributors for the first year coming out of this draft, it's a hell of a job to me in my opinion. So, yeah, that's really cool. I'm excited. Alrighty. Well, that concludes the end of our first episode of the Blue Blood podcast. Thank you very much in listening to this, and we look forward to having more and more podcasts coming out. This is Jonathan, your co-host, signing off.
1: And this is Colton. We'll see you guys later. Peace.